And so we find Moses now um, in the most humble position, faithfully serving his father-in-law by tending to his flock. He was once a prince in Egypt, mighty in word and deed, as Stephen says in Acts chapter 7, esteemed among the people. And now he is serving his father-in-law in the tough job of a shepherd. And he seems to have all but forgotten when he reigned in life. And it is fitting that out of this humble serving in the day-to-day life that God calls him. Yet I think it's important to note that God does not initially talk to Moses, but merely presents the strange but clearly miraculous sight of a burning bush. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. Notice Moses' question is not, why is there a burning bush? A burning bush was common, but a bush that did not burn up was rare. So it was something very ordinary that God appeared to Moses in. God is so interested in us and wants to present himself to us, and he often shows up in the ordinary, very extraordinary way. I think it's very interesting that we see in verse 4 that it was only when Moses turned aside that he turned aside to go over and look, that God began to speak. Only once God saw that Moses had turned aside, he spoke. Here, God's speaking was based on Moses' interest. God grabbed his attention in the burning bush, but then God was waiting for Moses to take an interest in the miraculous to speak to him. And Moses made the choice to go over. God creates the encounter, but it is up to us to be attentive and act in order to receive the fullness of what God has for us in that situation. And don't forget that Moses had his job to do. Moses was at work, tending to the flock of Jethro. Sometimes we're going about our day-to-day lives, and we see something miraculous, and potentially of God. But we do not turn aside, we do not take an interest we consider it more important to continue tending to the flock of sheep. We consider it more important to continue with whatever thing that we are doing at that point. But it was only when Moses turned aside and was interested enough in something likely of God to stop what he was doing, that Moses spoke to him, appointed him deliverer of all Israel, and brought him into the holy presence where he had to take off his shoes in reverence. To us, it must be more important to encounter God and to see what he is doing than to continue with what we are doing. Because often it is only when we decide to take an interest in him and to make him more important than our plans and turn aside, he calls out to us, Ethan, Ethan, Moses, Moses. He often speaks when we look to him. We place him first and turn aside to what he is doing rather than what we are doing walking the dog, doing the shopping, having a shower. God does stuff again and again to get our attention. But the question before us is this. Are you prepared to turn aside when he does? When he does get your attention, are you going to look to him and join with whatever he's doing and get closer to him? Be interested in seeing him move, but then turn aside to him. And if you're encountering God today, You've got to be home for the football at 12. Turn aside. If he's asking you to pray, turn aside and talk to him. 
if you're at work or at school, at the dinner table, if God is moving, turn aside and place him first. So will we be like Moses and turn aside to what God is doing and get closer to him? Or will we continue with whatever we are doing without turning aside and without looking to God and miss him again and again and again? So yeah, we, we pick up where we left off. Um, Moses has turned aside. And it is from this turning aside, turning to God, that Moses is then appointed deliverer of all Israel. M- Moses was terrified of this call and says to God, Who am I? Who am I that I should go? And God replies, I will be with you. And that is great, but Moses must now come to know who God is. I will be with you is only comforting and only empowering if we know who is with us, if we know actually who God is, if we personally know him. And so God reveals to Moses his name to show him who he is. I am who I am, verse 14. I am has sent you. This is who will be with Moses. I am will be with him. And I do not know how much revelation around that name Moses had at that point or what it meant to Moses at the time. We are not told. What we do see is this. Moses went. He did what God was asking him. He went to Egypt. So this name, the fact that the I am was with him, was enough for him to have confidence to go to Egypt and to deliver the Israelites. And for the rest of the time we have together today, I want to look at just one facet, one part of what this name means for us and touch on the things that it could have potentially meant to Moses at the time. For those of you participating in Restore 2022, we've just finished reading the Gospel of John and that Gospel is where I would like to go to expand on this name a bit. In John 8, Verse 58, we see Jesus say this. Very truly, I tell you, before Abraham was, I am. Jesus is the I am. God himself. And Jesus, again and again, when using this name for himself, highlighted one thing. God does not give us things. He gives us himself. And that is the one thing I want everyone to come away with today. If they only take one thing away, take away this. He does not give us things. He gives us himself. He is the one who is to us all things. And Jesus expands in John 14. I am the way. No one comes to the Father except through me. God does not give us a way. He gives us himself. I am who is the way. And when Jesus says, no one comes to the Father except through me, we see that no one comes to the Father except through him. And it might sound a bit silly to repeat it, but how many times do we try to come to God through another method? Be that the Bible, worship, prayer, perhaps fellowship of believers? They are not wrong, but they cannot be our way to God. Because there is only one way, and that way is the person 
of Christ. If we're listening to this, expecting it to bring you closer to God, then you are wrong. For no one comes to the Father except through Jesus. In him you may listen to this, and he brings you closer to the Father through it. But it cannot be that it brings you closer to God. For there is only one way to do all things, and that way is the person of Jesus abiding in him, walking with him, being in him. We have many methods like Bible reading and worshipping, but if we do not have Jesus, we will fail, for Christ is all and in all. He is to us all things. So wrapped up in his name, I am is this. I am the way. Nothing else is the way. I am. And Moses himself saw this in practice. As God himself went before him in a pillar of cloud and in a pillar of fire. He did not place a pillar, a thing, in front of them. God did not give Moses a thing. He gave him himself. He was to Moses the I am, as he promised in his name. Jesus also says in John 14, 6, that he is the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Life is in him and his presence alone. Life, therefore, is not found in games, nor in sermons, nor work, nor family, but in God alone. He is our life, as it says in Colossians 3, verse 4. Or from his perspective, I am your life. In him is life, therefore all things done with him have life, and all things done outside of him are dead. Many times we are confused when we do not connect with God in a worship session that had such great musicians or a sermon that was so well composed but was just dead. And it's because they do not have life. If they are outside the person of Jesus, they are dead. I was speaking to someone a few months ago about a youth group they used to run. It thrived for a few years whilst that was where God was, that was where Jesus was and what he was doing. But then it began to decline because God had begun to do something else. Jesus had begun to do something else. But they persevered with the youth group because it had so much life in it. And that was true. But the life was in Christ and not in the group. A well-run youth group in and of itself has no life in it, however well it is planned. I am the life. Walk in him. Have fellowship with him and you will walk in life and everything you do will have life in it. And Moses, having come to know God as the I, the I am, seemed to understand this. He said later in Exodus, If your presence does not go with us, then I do not want to go. He knew life was in the presence of God alone. It did not matter how many things God said he would give to Moses. Life was in the presence of God alone. And it was a pointless adventure without him, the I am. And we see in John 6, I am the bread of life. It is the bread that sustains and it is the bread that nourishes. Many complain of a life that is not satisfying and that they feel drained. You are not touching Jesus. For he is the bread of life and in him you are satisfied and are nourished and are sustained. Walk in him and you will always be satisfied and always have strength. If you are dissatisfied, come to him, abiding in him. For he is the bread of life. And our great calling is to have fellowship with him. 
That's in 1 Corinthians 1, 1, Corinthians 1 verse 9. Satisfaction and nourishment, therefore, are not found in things, but in him, the I am. I am not satisfied in a day by what I have done, whether I've been a good servant of Christ or got a lot done, whether I have been with Christ and in Christ. For example, a day sat in my room with Jesus is more satisfying and more nourishing than the most productive day I could ever have outside of him. So abide in him and live with him in every second. I am the bread of life. And once again, God was true to his name, to Moses. As the manna from heaven pointed to Jesus, the true bread, and the rock that followed him, that rock was Christ. So to bring this almost to an end, as he said to Moses, God says to you, I am. I am to you all things. For every question we have, the answer from God is this, I am. When we're in darkness, Jesus says, I am the light. When we are not satisfied, Jesus says, I am the bread of life. When we are in trouble, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. When we are failing and lacking fruit, Jesus says, I am the vine. When we are bored and dead, Jesus says, I am the life. And when we are lost, Jesus says, I am the way. He does not give us things. He gives us himself. He gives himself to be all of these things for us. As for your inheritance, I am. As for your possessions, I am. As for your hope, I am. As for your peace, I am. As for your wisdom, I am. As for your sanctification, I am. God does not give us things, he gives us himself. And if he is to us all things, then the way we gain all things is to have him and to get closer to him and to be more intimate with him and to walk with him. In 2 Peter 1 verse 3, we see that God has given us all things we need for life and godliness namely himself, the I am. All things we could ever want or need are found in the person of God, who is the great I am. And it is stated in in verse 15 of Exodus 3, this is my name forever. This is the name you shall remember me by for all generations. Of all the names of God that you know, this is the one to remember. I am the one who is to us all things. So let him be everything to you. And this is just touching the surface of what God reveals to us and to Moses by giving the name of I am. But we see Moses, upon hearing this, now has no excuses. He has God and God is all he needs. I will be with you. The person of God revealed as the I am is all he needs. So we leave this chapter in the place where it's time, almost time for Moses to go. And we're in that same position. It's time for us to go. We have God, the great I am, who is to us all things and lives on the inside of us. So we must turn aside. Turn aside as we spoke of earlier. Look to what God is doing. And when he has spoken to us, 
We must go in full confidence, knowing that God, who is to us all things, the I am, is with us.